everyone. Welcome to Terror Talk for our bringing back the shrink chat shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's been those, a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. For those of you who have been around for a few years, there's a big old chunk of time that we did a shrink chat show every Friday. And now we would like to do them, you know, like once a month, once every six weeks or so, and just kind of chitty chat about the horror wor- world, some news. Uh, at some time in the future, I imagine Kathy will have horror, fa- horror facts, but not today. We're, we've got too many movies and books to talk about. So much going on. There's so much going on. But I also wanted to... Start with a little news, a few things I thought you might be interested in. I didn't know if you read about them. Go so for it. I'll let you know. Scream 7. Mm. The, head, the title says, Nev Campbell would potentially return, quote unquote, under the right circumstances. I heard. I'm, I'm bated breath. Yeah. The future of the Scream franchise is quite unclear at the moment, with franchise stars Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega no longer involved in the upcoming Scream 7, and director Christopher Landon exiting the project as well. That's interesting. So they're going to pull like a Halloween where they're going to just kind of go back. I mean, they're going to try. Yeah. They're obviously going to try to grasp at straws, because yeah. obviously they're like, yeah, no thanks, that sucked. I get this feeling, <laughs> though, that if Nev is, if it's a good and enough film she she doesn't have to do it so i'm hoping that if she does sign on that's a sign that it it might be something good we can only hope i mean the project it looks like it's completely fallen apart behind the scenes Uh, i hate when it already starts like that because you know it's just it's just like it's gone on a little bit too long i think but Mm -hmm. a report came out this past november that suggested the studios are hoping to bring nev campbell back for scream 7 which i mean business wise is a really good strategy on her part not that she did it as a strategy but how how to come back even more in demand and ask for even more money is to basically like quit and say try it without me <laughs> you know and they did and it mm-hmm. didn't really work but and she did say that she was open to it under the right circumstances which i assume it means the right money and a good script but This quote is from Campbell. It's sad to me that they're struggling at the moment. I would imagine that the people at the top are spinning a little bit, trying to make the right decision. I would imagine people want to do the right thing. I would hope. I love this franchise. I would hope it doesn't fall apart. So Mm, I can see that. I mean, there's a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears put in that project for her. And it was such a launch to her career coming off a party of five and, I'm sure there's just like a lot of emotional connection to what that was for her in that time and wanting to see it thrive. Yeah. And when she was asked to return, she basically said, given the right circumstances, yes, I made a statement several years ago and it was the reason I didn't do Scream 6 at the time. I just really felt the need to stand up and say that I don't believe I would have been treated that way had I been a man carrying a franchise for 25 years. She's not and, wrong. And that still stands, she says. So we'll see what happens with that. Maybe they have the opportunity to have a comeback type of deal situation. I also wanted to mention that R.L. Stein confirms that the next Fear Street movies. Oh, cool. I know that we both liked a couple yeah. of those. The next Fear Street movie from Netflix is actually based on his book, The Prom Queen. Okay. So which is the official synopsis is a spring night. Soft moonlight, five beautiful prom queen candidates, dancing couples at the shady side high prom. 
These should be the ingredients for romance, but stir in one brutal murder, then another and another, and the recipe quickly turns to horror. Lizzie McVeigh reveals that someone is murdering the five prom queen candidates one by one, and that she may be the next one on the list. Can she stop the murderer before the dance is over for good? I believe she can. (laughs) Wholeheartedly, I have faith in her. What's her name again? (laughs) Lizzie. Lizzie, I believe in you. Lizzie girl, you got this. So I want to share that with you. And then the other thing I saw that I wanted to share with you was The Exorcist Deceiver, which is supposed to be the next one Mm -hmm. in um, Gordon Green's removed from release calendar as David Gordon Green exits the sequel. Remember he was going to do the three like he did with Halloween? Do you think it's because the first one just... Everyone said it was awful? Yeah, I have... I'm fine. Like it's on my list and I just, I can't, I'm not making my way around to it just because the longer it goes on, I know I will watch it. Cause I, I do want to see at least. I, I hope you do. I yeah. hope you watch it and just kind of try to wash away some of the bias. Of course we all have going in and, and just watch it for what it is. I think it has enjoyable parts. Well, I mean, I, I really just want to see the little bit that Ellen Burstyn is in yeah. it. So yeah, just yeah. watch it and throw it on, on a, chill day and i don't know chill day to watch the exorcist get some crochet going yeah have something else to do while you're watching yeah dim the lights i mean you know you make it as palatable as you can yeah Yeah, have fun with it like why not and again there are some enjoyable parts there was for me anyway just so much good stuff coming out yeah i mean this was supposed to be the first film in a planned trilogy with Blumhouse and Universal. It was part of a $400 million deal mm-hmm. to bring the franchise back to life. And Deceiver had already been dated for release April 18th, 2025. So they're obviously, you know, just about to start pre-pro and all of that. And on the afternoon of this report, I guess David Gordon Green will no longer be directing and the Universal Blumhouse are actively seeking a new director. So they're going to try to go on, but I'm guessing that... I should do it. Yes. Of course. I mean, the director just says, oh, I quit because, you know, I'm busy working on Bullshit. My, my feature for film, The Nutcrackers, and the TV series, The Righteous Gemstones, and my schedule just got too busy. Bullshit. I'm not to do it anymore. They always say stuff like that. So <sighs> whatever, whatever, can I, man. Can I ask you a question? You may. Since we're on news. Yeah. Maybe you're getting to this, but I want to ask you. No, I'm, I'm trying done to get, with my news. I'm trying to get Jack to sit up here. I have a Jack Skellington in front of me, but he keeps collapsing because his legs are so long. Mm. Have you heard about this whole, like the mysterious teaser that they keep throwing around? Yeah. A Any little th- bit. Yeah. Like, so, so for those of you that this is like the second or third time I've been seeing this pop up. So neon, distribution movie distributor kicked off last week with an ultra creepy teaser that the horror community is talking a lot of people think that it's nicholas cage's new movie long legs mm-hmm. but they're just showing I, I, i've never seen um the reason i bring this up is i've never seen a it's a clever way of doing marketing yeah right i've never seen anyone do this before so they're they're just showing these like really ambiguous mm-hmm pieces you know and so far like i guess a call to 911 played over the top of the photo with the father explaining to the operator that something has happened to his daughter that's not my daughter he says at one point during the chilling call the clip ends with what looks to be a crime scene photo so they're just showing like all these random and then you're like kind of putting it together 
I kind of like that kind of marketing. It's pretty cool. I do too. It's, I mean, it's intriguing. Right? It is. And it's, it gets like the horror community talking and guessing and having conversations online about it. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun. Other fans are convinced it's from a totally different horror movie called uh, Cuckoo. Okay. So those are, those are the two, Long Legs and Cuckoo. We I've should, heard of both of those movies. See. Yeah, they're, me too. They're just trying to figure it out, I guess. I'm actually really looking forward to um, Long Legs. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I like him, of course. So, in, you know. <laughs> in a different genre, but related, I guess, to some of the things that we talk about on the show, this is not necessarily horror, but I know we get some crossover audiences here and if anybody knows robert kirkman's work he started a comic uh, he started a show well it's based on a comic but the show started in 2021 called invincible you can watch it on prime the second season is out now my my brother and my nephew actually got into it and my my partner knows kirkman's work pretty well and i just started to watch it i'm pretty almost done with season one an adult animated series based on the skybound image comic about a teenager whose father is the most powerful superhero on the planet man this show is deep guys if you like just that really like dark comic it gets really dark but some really great voices jk simmons plays the father sandra O oh plays the mother uh, mark hamill's voices in it ezra miller just it's it's a really good storyline and honestly Shannon, we could even do like a mental health episode on this series. It is, it is really good. So if anybody out there, like I, I love animated stuff and every now and then I'll find one that just like, I cannot stop watching and this is it. I don't think I have felt this way about a series since the 1990s where the, an anime series called Neon Genesis that was out. This just sucks you in. It's deep. So if you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. My apologies. What's it called? It's called Invincible, okay. which is so the the son, this is I'm not giving anything away because it's part of the storyline. He finds out in the first season that he is part superhuman like his father, his mother is is not. Mm -hmm. And so he starts to learn the super strength. But as we know, with that comes a lot of like unwanted responsibility and then there's just a huge like Oedipal thing between the two of them that grows over time. And in season two, it gets even darker, but it is phenomenal. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So I imagine by the next time we do a shrink chat show, I will have watched a lot more series. So I'm maybe, maybe by the shrink chat after that, I'll be able to get into invincible. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's just a, it's just really like shockingly good. Yeah. It sounds like it. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, the first movie I wanted to talk about was a movie called The Sacrifice Game. <gasps> That's on my list. Oh, see, we never talk about these things and it works out delightfully sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think also it was one of the first of, oh no, I guess it is 23. It's not 24, is it? No, it's 23 yeah. for sure. Yeah, we're kind of, I, I think most of the things on my list today are things kind of wrapping up things Same. I watched over. Okay, cool. Yeah, And then- because we're just getting into January, and as we all know, January is kind of a wah wah mm. kind of month for horror. So for all movies, really. But by the next time we talk about movies, I'm hopefully hopefully we'll have some more under our belt. But anyway, the Sacrifice Game 2023. This is holiday horror, 90 minutes long, and 
the Black Veil School for Girls, 1971. Yep, set in the 1970s. And it has all the tropes of the 1970s, to be honest. It really does. It's bad enough that students Samantha and Clara can't go home for the holidays, but things turn deadly when a gang of cult killers arrives at their doorstep just in time for Christmas. And as you might imagine, this is basically the Manson family shows up and... It's exactly what it is at Christmas time. Yeah. And you happen to not go home. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, you're dead. The little girl in this was really good. I thought her performance was great. Well, and that's one of the things about this movie that was, well, made it more disappointing for me is because I thought that the acting was really good. Like, I thought the talent that they got was really solid for mm-hmm. it. So, but yeah, I mean, I what I do think is that it is, I recommend it as a watch i think it's like a a one and done kind of watch like uh, this isn't something i'll ever rewatch but i don't i'm not mad at it like i didn't feel like it was a waste of my time no it's exactly a one and done and like you were saying a moment ago with the exorcist i think it's one of those where you just kind of put it on and you can be casually doing something on the side and pay enough attention to it for it to be fun for an hour and a half Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a solid watch. Uh, I feel like the story is really straightforward. So if you just like a straightforward horror with, it has quite a bit of gore in it, which I wasn't expecting, but it definitely has it in there. And the good talent, you know, it is kind of cheesy, but the characters are really familiar. And a lot of us kind of like that. That's why I feel like it's a good one and done because it's a familiar story. It's fairly predictable. But I will say I thought they I thought the twist was pretty good. Like I did, too. That was my favorite part, actually, was the it was uh, sometimes the twist isn't really worth it. But I think I think in this one it was it was a good choice for sure. Yeah, it, it was just it was just straightforward and and not that bad. So I think we both are sort of saying like worth a watch. Yes. All it's, right. It's pretty decent. <laughs> um, I watched a movie that wasn't pretty decent. It's from like 2020. Well, it's, it's I guess it's considered 2023, mm. depending on, I think it was made in 22, released in 23. Mm-hmm. So the movie is called The Breach. Okay. Counting down his last days as chief of police in the tiny town of Lone Crow, John Hawkins must investigate one last case. When a mangled body with uncanny wounds washes up the shores of Porcupine River. Okay. The problem with this movie is it it wasn't quite sure. It's labeled as a horror mystery, but the beginning of it is like a holiday away lifetime movie in the winter. And then it kind of moves into CSI. And then it kind of moves into like a true crime. And then it moves <laughs> into a sci-fi conspiracy then it turns into horror and then oh like God. cabin fever. And then all of a sudden you have this really great gory sci-fi horror effect <laughs> at the end. And you're like, hold up. If you guys would have spent a little bit more time there. Yes. And used more of that towards the beginning. Yes. You would have gotten me. And there's two writers on this movie. I don't know if that has anything to do with it at all, but it just felt like it took a while to get where it did. And movies can do that if they're deliberate, but this was almost like, and where are we going guys? And where, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom. And you're like, okay, but now there's only 20 minutes left of the movie. Right. So I don't know know what it was. I just needed more of that. More of that. That that ending piece. Yeah. And it feels like too, like sometimes movies can be where 
you know, that last 20 minutes sort of saves it and then you love it and it recommend yeah. and you would recommend it, but it doesn't sound like the last nope. 20 minutes were like good enough for that. So they were better, but they weren't good enough to make it a solid movie. Exactly. I gotcha. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. The next one I'm going to talk about is a movie called All Fun and Games. Yeah, we watched this on Discord, right? Yeah. yeah. 2023, again, a movie that I felt had solid actors in it, like a Stranger Mm -hmm. Things actress, and that part was really solid, but ultimately pretty disappointing honestly <laughs> yeah it i i found myself kind of drifting away from it as it was on mm-hmm. it started off like one of those where i'm like okay this could be fun and then i'm like i don't know what i'm watching that's exactly right like i felt the biggest problem i had was that there was this act one where they set up a bunch of things they set up a bunch of relationships they set up like okay well, you know it, it's gonna go that direction we're gonna f- you know, you set all the shit up and then you move through it and then it's a payoff. And they just kind of abandoned a lot of yeah. what they set up relationally. You didn't get a lot of answers to any of that. There was just no follow through. So the script was kind of a mess. And I never, you know, I don't do enough research on every single fucking movie we watch to know why that is. But right. I'm sure it just got rushed and overcomplicated and went in three different directions and I'm not sure what they were trying to do but so what it's about is a group of Salem teens discover a cursed knife that unleashes a demon that forces them to play gruesome deadly versions of childhood games where there are no winners and only survivors so that sounds cool right it it does in fact we were all like this looks really fun and then uh, to be honest with you i barely remember watching it yeah i mean when i, I dissociated do, when i went to prepare for this episode i was like what movie was that yeah that's I, when you know it's bad where you have to really go back and look up and like what was this like about? i obviously didn't what like was it. the end <laughs> yeah i mean you know it had some moments but it was just all over the fucking place and so it does not get a it does not get a you should watch from me well, me neither. <laughs> Fair. I just finished the series Bodies on Netflix. Oh, you know, I started that. I think I watched the first episode. What did you think? I loved this. So four detectives in four different time periods of London find themselves investigating the same murder. I've had a couple people say, should I watch past the first episode? And my reaction to that, is, my response is yes. Great. Watch beyond it. I was planning to. I did not like it. So This is, uh, I've never seen a true crime show that has used time travel this well. Okay. And, you know, the further you go in, the darker it gets, the more people are introduced. And sometimes the when you're playing with different time periods, it can get messy and it's like, okay, I don't like this disjointed. It doesn't do that. Okay. And then it, it full cir- circles at the end and it's quite existential. So, mm-hmm. but once you figure out what's going on, which they really lead you down this path for a long time, it you're like, 
Mm. Wow. Um, <laughs> so we finished it last night and uh, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. I did start it. It's, I think I mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of series that I started. So this is one. Yeah. I'm, yeah. This is one of them. I'm I'll be curious to, to hear what you think by the next show we do. Yeah, absolutely. I I really hope to finish it because I, I didn't not like it. I just, you know, I there's started a lot on. Yeah. I, I started four, five, six, seven of them. And mm-hmm. a few of them I abandoned kind of immediately. You know, after the first episode, you go like, nah, maybe yeah. some other time. Maybe if I hear somebody say it's great. <laughs> yeah, I have the I have this uh, habit of doing that too. And so now what I've tried to do is only watch like two mm-hmm. and just really get through it so I can finish it and get on to the mm-hmm. next. Because I've done that too where I'm like, I'm watching five because there's so much content out there. There is. But yeah. I like to, but I also like to, well, so hmm. it's two things, right? It's like for the show, if it's a horror series and it's getting kind of some buzz and there's people in it maybe that I like or I really like the premise, then I'm going to do that with it. But there are other ones where I just get on one of the streaming sites and I just want to push play. Mm-hmm. And so I end up starting all these things. And what I do is I try to log them on serialized, which is the TV equivalent to Letterboxd. And then I, I log them on there so I know which ones I tried. <laughs> but I get it gets out of control and I forget if I forget to log, I'm super fucked because For sure. I got too much going on. I watched It's a Wonderful Knife. I did too. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we like our holiday horror, yeah. so we ended up coming to this with lots of things we watched together or separately, but still watched them. So what do you think of this one? Eh, okay, we'll okay. get into it. So this Christmas, your wishes will come true and your nightmares too. Winnie's life is less than wonderful one year after saving her town from a psychotic killer on Christmas Eve. When she wishes she was never born, she finds herself magically transported to a nightmarish parallel universe. With the murderous maniac now back, she must team up with a misfit to identify the culprit and get back to her own reality. Hmm. What did I think of this? This is one of those ones where I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know that it would make to it to my like yearly thing. Oh, though. no, no, no. But you know how you're always looking for like holiday horror that's yeah. going to make the repertoire every year? But this this one wasn't one of those. No, but Justin Long was so good in this. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's so he was. ridiculous in this. <laughs> he was. Um, I agree with you. I think it was fun. I don't know if it's one. It might be one I watch every now and then. It's not a. It's not one that goes on the list, but he was my favorite part of it. Right. Like if somebody, you know, like if somebody was going to throw it on or something like I, yeah, you'd watch I wouldn't it. be mad at yeah, it. It would be right. fine. And, and it was a lot of fun. I was, of course, because of the clever title and everything, I was really hoping sure. that it would, you know, yeah, make the rotation. But she it was, didn't. The, the lead, she was fun. I, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I am reading a book. Okay. Um, reading a few books right now. One of them is our discord book, but I'm also reading a book that I got as one of my secret Santa gifts. <laughs> we had, we've read some Kat, Katriana Ward in our discord. She does a lot of like folk horror and uh, gothic horror and things. I'm, I'm reading a book called little Eve uh, on the, on the wind battered Isle of Alton Hara of the wildest coast of Scotland. A clan prepares to bring about the end of the world and its imminent rebirth. Clearly, all the books I'm reading right now take place in Scotland. The Adder is coming. <laughs> the other book we're reading called Maggie's Grave is also Scotland. The Adder is coming, and one of their number will inherit its powers. 
Uh, they all want the honor, but young Eve is willing to do anything for the distinction. A reckoning beyond Eve's imagination begins when Chief Inspector Black arrives to investigate a brutal murder and their sacred ceremony goes terribly wrong. Soon all the secrets will be uncovered. So it is, uh, I love how she writes. This is very different from the other two books that I've read by her. It's a cult book. So, and it, the way that the language is written, it almost feels like you're reading something from like, you know, the 18th century. (laughs) So, so the way they speak to one another is incredibly formal and how they speak is very bizarre. So it took me a moment to adjust to how different it was from some of the other stuff that we've read. But now that I'm getting used to that, it's very psychological in the way that they are trying to be the best one and the chosen one. And little Eve, she's the youngest. She's the one that really believes she's going to be chosen. She's creating a lot of havoc that, you know, they, there's been revenge on her and all this stuff. So it, it, it comes every chapter It'll keep coming back to her, but then it will also be a narrative from a different member of the group. So I'm like a quarter of the way in and I don't, so I don't have a score on it yet, but I'm like getting used to it because it's really different from what I've read from her before, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you like her as an author, so it's always interesting to see Mm -hmm. what, what a an author that you already like, like what the different things like do that they something, do. She's doing something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention also that we finished the book Krampus. We did. Yes. As part of our discord, we have a book club. So if you are a Patreon, you can join our discord and then you can join our chats about the pretty much monthly, every six weeks we read a book and then we do a voice chat on there with our book club members and we finished Krampus and by Brahm, if you don't know the book and I had been, this had been on my list for a really long time, but I wanted to read it at the holiday and because there's, you know, the top 10 horror books to read at the holidays, you know, that are more like Christmas or Santa or Krampus or whatever. And there's only there's not that many of them. And this is one of the ones that consistently gets good reviews that I've read about. So, and I can tell you that I really enjoyed this read. I thought it was a good one. If you want something at the holidays that is horror and is a little bit different and is centered around Krampus and that legend, but also is contemporary because you're following basically like the Krampus legend and the old school Krampus kind of like you would follow an old vampire. Yeah. You know, vampires are often really ancient and they talk funny because they're from 300 years ago, that kind of thing. You've got that Krampus character, but then you've also got the contemporary characters that he's going to come into contact with. So you get both. A lot of times I think you would pick this book up and think it was like the old story, but it's actually a contemporary story with the old for sure, and-, and he's the antihero in a way in this, which mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah, so it's it's not the Santa's all good and he's all bad. It yeah. gets much more complicated, which I I think is fun. Yeah, the relationships are there, and the contemporary characters have their own issues, and it's pretty flushed out. And I thought it was a good read, so yeah. I think we both would recommend that one. The other one that I'm reading is actually a psychology book and it's a pretty popular one that I've only read bits and pieces of it and now I'm actually going through it and we talk a lot about trauma on this show so I thought I'd mention it but it's a book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel oh, van der Yeah, Kolk. you've talked about it before. 
And um, holy cow, man, even if you are not a clinician and you're just someone who really wants to understand neurologically, psychologically, physiologically, what your body and your mind are doing, if you are a trauma survivor, the book explores the effects of psychological trauma on the brain, mind, and body and offers a new paradigm for healing from trauma based on neuroscience and attachment research. And then Vanderkolk um, also references people like um, Peter Levine that has done a lot of his work on the power of mindfulness and how that heals the myelin in the brain and how that can really be something that allows the brain that's been fragmented through trauma to really come back together. And it is just, it's a really, really powerful book. And like I said, it's not heavy text. There's science in it, but I have given this text to clients before and I've had clients come back to me and say, it's like, wow, it's like someone just looked into my soul and understood me. And so I just, I, it's really great. Yep. I yeah. concur. I've had, I've recommended it to clients. I've had clients just bring it to session and say, yeah. I'm reading this book and we have discussions. I've also been back in the day, I went to a training by Peter Levine. Mm-hmm. And so I love all that stuff and waking the tiger and all of yep, his, his he's great. So that whole piece is really valuable. And so we both recommend you, if you want to read some psych those be a good it's written for the masses it is so yeah. it's it's not a heavily heavily like academic thing or anything and i think for a lot of folks too it just makes them feel like oh my god this makes me feel so normal yeah it'll um, make you feel seen for yeah. sure because it's a very human experience what they're sure. describing i wanted to mention a movie called divinity because it's off the beaten path for sure. 2023, two mysterious brothers abduct a mogul during his quest for immortality. Meanwhile, a seductive woman helps them launch a journey of self-discovery. You know, Stephen Dorff is in this one. Oh my gosh. It's black and white, okay? It's a vibe. Okay. It's a ex- you know, an experimental, trippy, sci-fi kind of movie. This is not an everybody kind of movie, but if you're in a certain mood, it does have an easy-to-follow narrative. There's a lot of, like, really kind of cool practical special effects in this that they decided to do. And, again, it's not for everyone, but it was. I enjoyed it. I, I don't know if it's actually a great movie or not, <laughs> but... It was just one. It was Shannon a vibe. had her own experience around yeah, this. No, yeah. it was a vibe, and and the people I was watching with it was had that same kind of experience. Like, I'm not sure. I think I liked that because yeah. it's kind of trippy and it's kind of off the. It's not something you normally would watch. It's kind of a mystery thriller within a sci-fi, and it's black and white, and you mm-hmm. get the vibe. So, and you can um, rent or buy it on on Prime, actually. So I did cool. want to mention that. And I also wanted to throw in that I saw an awful movie, Do Not Waste Your Time. It's called Creepypasta from oh, 2023. I never ended up watching. I and heard it was terrible. It's an anthology, you know, trying to be VHS yeah. or whatever, but I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't have much to say about it except for that it was bad. <laughs> it was super bad. I've heard some bad things about it. Yeah, it's it was not good. You know, these anthology ones can be really good. Like the VHS movies, by and large, are actually really good, but... My review of it on Letterboxd, it just says one word. It says limp. Uh, limp pasta. I uh, 
last thing I'll mention here is I, I got a really cool Frankenstein puzzle for Christmas. Fun. I thought of you. Aww, You're going to be jealous when you see you. it. I will be. It's a thousand pieces Whoa. and we got a puzzle mat for it so we can roll it up nice and Yes, I love it. It's not just like Frankenstein's monster. It's like Frankenstein's world, like through the different decades and the Aww. artwork is awesome. So I can't wait to show you. Oh, Once I it's done, I'll, I'll post it on our Instagram. Yeah, send me a picture. Yeah. Send me a special photo. I shall. I will like it. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoy the return of the Shrink Chat shows where we horror news and watches and reads and we're just going to We talk our, trash. We're talking some trash, yeah. Not so much on the good shit yet. These were all just kind of meh movies. Well, we, we have an episode coming up in the next month or so about mo- movies we'll never watch again. And yeah. I'm really looking forward uh, to talking shit. <laughs> Kathy always looks forward to talking shit. Any opportunity I get. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, you guys. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. <laughs>